0: There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Where's our cowbell? Let's get that fired up, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's pretty good. Think more like like Blue Oyster Cult, don't fear the Reaper.
1: I gotta hear that cowbell.
0: Yeah. Yes. Love it. A little faster.
1: <laughs> All right. So
0: so somewhere in the middle. Okay. Roll out. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, welcome, everybody. I'm glad everybody could make it. Thanks to uh, John from Oso. I know that he'll be here in a minute for having us tonight. And certainly thanks to Jeff for joining us and... Sharing his wisdom about making booze tonight. Ooh. So should be a lot of fun. And we've got the cowbell ready. We have an ukulele, but Jeff was not willing to play it, so so be, it, Jeff. it yeah. belongs
2: to no one now.
0: Yeah, so so now it's just sitting there kinda of, kinda of sad. But anyway, so we will get started. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to figure it out. My name is George Grumbacher. Joining me as always is Centauri Minor. Hello, folks. Helping us move from awareness to action today is Mr. Jeff Smith. Welcome.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me.
0: So Centauri, if you had to have one drink, only one, for the rest of your life, what would it be? That's a good question. Thank Um, you. Thank you. For once, it's a good question. Um, (laughs) I think I would do a Dirty Gin Martini. A Dirty Gin Martini. I was sort of banking on you saying whiskey, huh. and I was going to be like, that's a dick thing to say because they don't make whiskey here. But, but they do make gin. Yeah, but you guys do make gin. We sure do. What do you think about that answer, dirty gin martini?
1: Uh, I wouldn't go dirty. i just go straight up gin. That's, inten- that's aggressive. Oh, yeah. But my gin, it would be less aggressive. Got it. Okay. Smooth.
0: Smooth. Floral,
1: right. citrusy. Fair enough. So...
0: So Jeff, it seems to me, and I was asking Centauri to verify this, and he absolutely did, that OSA was one of the first organizations some time ago to actually get a license for a distillery in Arizona. Uh,
1: that's true, um, and they gave us a bigger license, kind of like Jack Daniel's size production, and we declined it and took the smaller Series 17, I believe is the number, um, to be like one of the first craft distillers here in Arizona.
0: Okay, so why did you opt for that? Just because you have no designs on making fifty thousand gallons of whiskey a year?
1: Uh, he just wanted to keep it small, keep it real, you know, keep it local. Um, the craft scene is where everything's at. Uh, we don't want to hear to mass produce. We're always trying to be uh, bring the, the community into Oso and be one-on-one with them. Nice. Okay. So. When I
0: think about a distiller, I think that there's a lot of things that probably go into being a good one. I think that you're probably part chef, you're part baker, probably part brewer. What? Am am, am I totally right or totally wrong or kind of halfway there? You're
1: absolutely right. There's a lot of uh, hats that we wear. To add to that list, you have to be part chemist, a welder, uh, a carpenter, an electrician, uh, a guy that's the best boy for the job.
2: Nice. Okay. How did you... How does one become a distiller? Like what made you think this is exactly what I want to do with my life?
1: Uh, I got very lucky. Uh, Very, very lucky. Uh, Back in high school, I always tell the story when I do the tours and stuff. Uh, My dad caught me stealing his beer. (laughs) Um, And he was a home brewer, so he decided to teach me how to make it. Uh, After college, I went into uh, the film industry and was working on movie sets in L.A. And... uh, When I wasn't working on sets, I was homebrewing. So I got an opportunity to come out here to Oso and uh, start brewing with them when when we were just one location in Arcadia. And so after that, John decided to open up a distillery, asked if I wanted to do that. So my path got chosen for me in a way that I was uh, a brewer and then a homebrewer, then a brewer, and then became a distiller just by simply asking me. Wow! So I just schooled and learned it.
2: So I'm curious, is a distiller like a, do you get a certificate for that? How does someone officially become
1: a distiller? Um, there are, like in, brewer, uh, in the brew science, you can get like a master's brewers and a master distillers. Like people go to Scotland and take courses there where they all have, hand out an, a, an award or a certificate. Uh, but you don't necessarily need one. You just need the experience and, um, and the luck. Almost.
0: All right. So I'm, I, I, I want to fill in the gaps of the story. So dad catches you stealing <laughs> his beer. Yeah. And instead of like like taking you out back behind the woodshed, he's like, son, come into the garage. You're going to help me make it.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I was still was grounded for a long time. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I did get in trouble. Dots. <laughs>
0: he's like, you seem pretty persistent and you seem to like the beer. You're not going to stop doing this therefore you will help in the process yes
1: and learn the science behind it
0: okay got it all right so you had a good strong base
1: strong base yeah excellent a little buzz
0: base (laughs) and a little buzz (laughs) so let's just say theoretically hypothetically centauri finds himself in prison at some point how would he go about making are you going to ask about
2: how to make moonshine in prison
0: well yeah i'm just curious about how to get started in the distillery process and as per usual, I'd like to throw you as much under the bus as I possibly can. That's so, amazing. Uh, so
1: ketchup packets. What? That's what I heard how it's made is a ketchup packet. They let it ferment and then you can get a little buzz because there's alcohol in it. You know, anything anything where starch can be converted into sugar or sugars can be fermented by yeast will produce alcohol and CO two. So you're not gonna distill anything unless you have that kind of pull and enough cigarettes. But you can at least <laughs> create something you that'll get you a buzz. The more you know, the more you know.
0: I'm shocked you're not taking notes on this. <laughs> Frantically, right now. Okay, good, 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 good. All right, so, so vodka has been around since, from my research, around 1400 AD. So for a real long time, and it's kind of disputed as to whether or not it's the Russians or the Poles that invented it, and they figured out that they would make wine, and then the extreme cold temperatures over the winter made it even better, so is vodka is that like the first kind of booze and is that
1: the cornerstone uh i think so because um we all know that wine was made and then they figured out how to make beer they didn't know why how it was being made they thought it was the gods but once they figured out if i boil it's
0: it's 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 not
1: (laughs) it it might be (laughs) it might be that stick that had yeast all over it um that they used to stir but uh Once they figure out distillation, you know, yes, vodka was probably one of the oldest, as well as gin. Uh, It being made from whatever people, the misconception of vodka is that it has to be made from potatoes. Uh, That is not true. What makes it vodka is that it's distilled up to high proof, uh, 95% alcohol. That's the highest you can get it, so that it's clean, it's odorless, tasteless, Uh, it's a neutral spirit. So you're not going to have like the conjure flavors that you get in like a whiskey or flavored vodkas or gins and stuff like that.
0: Okay. So neutral spirit means it really doesn't have a distinct taste. Right. Do you feel that vodka in your mind? Is vodka the most
2: versatile?
1: It is. It's the number one spirit in seller in, in the world. Um, I have, ch- I chart everything that goes in and out with us uh, on the uh, spreadsheets and Vodka sales is up here and everything else is down here, you know, like vodka. Everyone drinks vodka, you
0: know. I feel like there was a minute when Bud Light was America's drink, but that's been far surpassed by vodka.
1: That's true. That's just the way that I feel. That's
0: absolutely subjective. So, okay. So you mentioned that it goes up to a certain um, alcohol content proof. Why is it that the majority of vodka is 80 proof? or 40 percent ish
1: uh because of the classification uh, plus tradition with vodka it's generally always 80 proof because that's the lowest you can take it down uh the minute you drop it below 80 proof the the government no longer says or tells you that you can call it vodka mm. the reason why we our spirits uh our flavored vodkas are at like 35 uh 70 proof and we can call it vodka but when i report to the government i call it a specialty cordial you know it's all about what the classification is and and how to declare it as so that it's not misleading
2: you just brought up something i had never thought about this what are the legalities and like how much are you talking and reporting to the government about
1: alcohol consumption how long is this podcast (laughs) i mean the book's this big uh, we yes we are heavily it's regulated. The fucking man. Yes, yeah, the fucking man, and that's why I'm gray over here. That's the federal <laughs> government. This is the state government. This is my owner. Um,
0: Thanks, Obama.
1: <laughs> actually, <laughs> um, no. Uh, it is very controlled and regulated by the federal government because they want to be want their tax money. Um, beer they don't really care about. I'm not really sure how strict they are with wine, but with liquor. It had the highest uh, amount of excise tax on it so I mean it won World War uh, one you know before prohibition um, so if they can make a lot of money every drop has to be accounted for everything is regulated everything has to be approved by them whether it's your label and what you say on the on the label um, and then the formula how it's formulated um, I'm slowly becoming a, gr- a glorified lawyer just by reading all the <laughs> you know the manuals and stuff so uh, it's been an interesting two years just to kind of be compliant with the federal government and I think we are so if, if they walk through the front you hope you are I hope I am I'm, I again that's why I'm gray um, <laughs> if they walked through in this room that did an audit I, I think I would pass you know nice excellent so. excellent excellent
0: all right so we're gonna talk a little bit about or at least I'd like to I'm going to ask you questions about the vodka and the gin and the rum that you make but Fundamentally, what is it that makes a a liquor quality?
1: Hmm. Um, I think it's more tension. Uh, A lot of it has to do with starts with fermentation. Um, If you have a bad fermentation, you're going to get bad qualities out of that. And no amount of times you distill it, will it come out, you know, but for like a vodka, if you. So let's say we had a great uh, fermentation in this case. We purchase our alcohol that's uh, made from sugar cane. And so all the hard work has been done already. So I've kind of like cut out the middleman and, you know, uh, but we carbon filter it, uh, the vodka. So the carbon soaks up the longer chain alcohols so that uh, takes away that bite, that solvent Mm. kind of flavor, you know, or or harshness um, because it, absorbs it and the, the smoother alcohol chains pass through the carbon and therefore you get a cleaner product. Um, my volume that we do is a lot smaller than say like uh, New Amsterdam or uh, which is a great vodka or like Grey Goose. Uh, I don't think they have, they're just trying to turn a product sometimes you know uh, maybe not them as per se but like a smaller not so good vodka plastic vodka you know I call it vodka that comes in a plastic bottle. Like Pop-Off. Ju- Pop-Off. You know, they're, pop just, they're just going to, you know, try to turn the product and get the production going.
2: So the big difference between Grey Goose and Pop-Off is how it's love.
1: Love, well, yeah. love. Love. Fermentation, I don't, you know, there's what makes a bad vodka. I don't know, maybe it's with a source of what they're using, you know, maybe it is potatoes, maybe it is uh, um, something else like sorghum or something that isn't that great, you know, of a product to begin with. Gotcha.
0: It's like if you sing to your plants, they have a better chance of, of being healthy and vibrant. And right. It's the love that goes into Grey Goose versus Dark Eyes, which is the kind of vodka that Centauri and I drank in Indiana during college. That is a hundred percent a real brand. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible, terrible <laughs> vodka. Okay. Okay. Absolutely terrible. All right, so so you guys had a world of of choices to to decide on, but you decided on, on vodka, gin, and rum. How come?
1: Uh, well, we knew we wanted to do a vodka because, again, that's the world's...
0: America's drink.
1: America's drink. Uh, my co-worker, Greg, the other distiller, and I are huge gin fans. And we all had the same story. Uh, people that don't like gin, you know, we either stole it from our dad and got wasted and didn't feel good the next day, or we drank too much of it in college. Uh, we just don't like the juniper flavor of that pine saw. Um, so all these new contemporary gins are coming out, and all the juniper has gone. It's hit with like 24 flavors and it's, it's not gin. It's just called gin because it has juniper in it, you know, but they didn't put any juniper like the amount you normally do. Uh, so
0: I wanted to make it easy. So you're saying that contemporary gins are essentially bullshit because it's not really gin.
1: There's some good ones out there, but it's not the traditional flavor. So the answer is yes. It's bullshit. Yeah. Okay. Um, those fucks, those fucks. Uh, We wanted to make a citrusy gin, a gin for non-gin lovers. Uh, We want to you know, make it less bitter. Back off the juniper, yes, but it's still there. Uh, I told Greg we need to make it simple. Let's quit throwing like 24 flavors at it. Let's just break it down to something we like, maybe five flavors, and uh, bring up the citrus and just make a traditional gin that's not going to offend you. And I think we did that.
2: Do you think gin's the classiest
1: alcohol? Because uh, I do. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I feel sexy when I drink it. Uh, well, Something it's a is. good spirit. There you go. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Um, we decided on rum because uh, <laughs> John used to work in the Caribbean, and, uh, you know, rum is a traditional spirit, clear spirit, um, and it's fun to make. I like rum, um, and especially to come out with, like, a spice rum here in the next couple of years will be pretty interesting. So uh, it's just those one of those things, you know, you have gin, vodka, and rum. That's the trifecta.
0: Excellent. All right. So you, uh, you make it out of sugar cane, or at least the, the vodka and
1: the gin. Why, why sugar cane? Uh, I think it's a little bit more expensive than corn, but I, I feel like it's a cleaner product. Um, everything in our world is based on sugar. Uh, and carbon of course but uh it's a little bit higher quality and it's I feel that it's a smoother product after fermentation after distillation it comes out semi-sweet so it's always naturally sweet whereas other you know sources can be have their their imperfections
2: Mm. so we had a um, oh quite a few episodes ago, we had a mixologist on who uh, mixes at the Gladly. His name's Curtis, and we asked him about drinks that people typically order that kind of irks them. Um, I'm curious, what common things do you see when people buy alcohol that kind of bother you? What do you wish people knew about when they're picking their alcohol to buy?
1: Uh, I only drink Tito's because it's gluten-free. Gotcha. Um, all spirits are gluten-free, even uh, if it's made from uh, wheat, straight wheat. Uh, gluten has a so distillation is based on boiling points. Everything has a boiling point. Ethanol has a boiling point at seventy-eight degrees Celsius, whatever the hell that means. But um, <laughs> uh, gluten boils at you know, three, you know, a higher boiling point. So Centauri has a boiling point. Yes, that's true. Yeah, about one seventy. Yeah, about right. All right. Um, so. It, in the process of distillation everything that has a higher boiling point than ethanol stays behind so and gluten's one of those things so i think the whole i saw glu- gluten free shampoo the other day I confused the hell out no. of me no <laughs>
2: that makes zero sense yeah it
1: it, it, was, it, vegan. Makes sense it was
2: vegan too giving. that yeah, i kind of yeah. get but right. gluten
1: free <laughs> shampoo i mean i don't have any hair so i don't i'm not in the shampoo aisle very often so that still blew my mind but uh yeah that's that's the, that's one thing that irks me where Got do it. you shop at bro uh, CVS. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so sugar cane, it is, and that that, that certainly makes sense to me. Um, and what is the rum made out of, and and and, and how and why is that different?
1: Um, well, rum, our rum is made from sugar cane. Oh, it is. And
0: shitty research, George.
1: And uh, but I also have rum that we did ferment here, made from molasses, and that's more of a traditional way of making rum is from molasses and so people go like wait you have vodka from sugarcane but you have rum from sugarcane what isn't that just rum like uh well rum is not taken up to that 190 Mm -hmm. proof so there's still uh heads and tails flavors that we like in that process that give us flavor so it's never becomes neutral and that's how we can make vodka from sugarcane and not call it rum
0: Mm. got it okay so I, I watched some YouTube videos and read a little bit on the website that it's important to you guys, forget gluten-free, forget um, whatever, vegan, things are organic and the flavors are natural. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about that, and and is that only possible because you are small batch?
1: Um, I wouldn't say it's just only possible because we're small batch, but because we are a small batch, we can uh, buy... Um, I guess I'm contradicting myself. Yes, maybe so. Uh, we can buy orange peel, you know, and the amount of orange peel we need to soak it in about 25 gallons of pure ethanol uh, and, and, of course, proof it down to about 50% and and then redistill it. So, we, we have a tank where we have a basket that's kind of like a china cap or a sieve where we can soak it and then strain out the uh, liquid from the solids and then redistill. distill And then post-distillation we add, say for our orange, our grapefruit, our lemon and our our peach whiskey, we add the exact sugar and acids that you find in a real peach or you find in a real lemon. So, um, if it's this percentage of sucrose, we add that, you know, that you find in a real grapefruit. And that's what really gives it the essence of the flavor.
2: So when you, um, when someone says organic, especially as it relates to alcohol, what does that mean? I have no clue. Got it. Fair
1: enough. You know, it, natural flavors. It means so. that they're probably dicks. Yeah. Well, you know, there's certain, uh, you know, uh, spirits out there that you know this is a ruby uh, red grapefruit, you know, and you taste it and you're like, yeah, that tastes like a ruby red grapefruit, but also tastes like cough syrup. Right. You know, and uh, we we strive to get the real flavor. So for our jalapeno uh, vodka, we chop up jalapenos and put it in the alcohol. And the fun part about that is, again, boiling points. Capsation doesn't come through in the distillation, and so after distillation, I add um, jalapeno flakes, dried jalapeno flakes, to it for about 15 minutes, and that's how I control the spice. And and for my jalapeno vodka, we want it to be all flavor, then capsation, then burn. You know, we don't want it spicy as hell. We want the flavor of the jalapeno versus all heat, so that you can taste it.
2: Jalapeno, that's it. That's pretty unique. What other vodka flavors do you have? Uh,
1: we have rosemary. Uh, I don't think anyone's ever made a rosemary vodka. Uh, it's really interesting. Like, on the nose, I smell it, and I swear it's eucalyptus. But uh, by itself, you know, you got to like rosemary. But I also add a little lemon peel to it just because lemon pops rosemary. Uh, they, they, they work together. Obviously. Uh, we have a horseradish vodka. Um, and that was a challenge by our owner cause he grew up in Michigan and ate a lot of horseradish growing up and he sought out like three or four different horseradish vodkas and brought them back to us and said, I challenge you to do better than these. And we took the challenge and wow. I swear we, we, uh, exceeded that. Uh, awesome. Bloody Mary oyster shooter all day. I bet that's good. Yeah. Those Michigan horseradish vodkas are crap anyway. <laughs>
0: All right, how come the grapefruit is uh, lesser in
1: alcohol content? Um, just because we wanted more flavor than like the bite of alcohol. Just uh, we, we did test batch it at different uh, alcohol percentages. We first started off lower and it, it just was flat and just tasteless. Uh, we found that 70 proof was the balance that we wanted.
2: Uh, You talked about Test Batch. So for people listening and then people in the audience, how does someone become a guinea pig for testing your your alcohol?
1: Just come on over and we'll we'll find something for you. Uh, (laughs) No, uh, as far as all our guinea pigs, we find (laughs) our, uh, we seek out our bartenders, our servers. Um, The common phrase is like, well, let's get a woman's opinion. And, and, And I solely trust their opinion more than just the guy that's sitting at the bar. Fair enough. Fair enough.
0: There's so many comments just hanging just out let it go. over that one. <laughs> just <let it> go. <laughs> so many comments. Can we get that cowbell going again, sir? Sure. You're getting better at it. <laughs> I don't know.
1: I gotta have more cowbell.
0: Yeah. Hold on to it, like palm it, and just dunk, 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 dunk. Nope, palm it. Oh. Dunk. Ah, nice. Louder. There you Louder. go. Yes, a little more cowbell. There it is. Excellent, great job, sir. All right, so thank you. That's going to usher into us usher us into our lightning round. That's where I'm going to fire a lightning stu- round. That's awesome. Yep. Stupid questions at you. All right, not really quickly. I'm just going to ask them one after another. So number one, why is drinking so fun? Because you fall down. Cause you fall down. Number two, number two, rum. Why do pirates love it? Why is it gone? Why is it gone? Number three, what will give me the best hangover? Ooh, ooh, uh, brandy. What will give me the worst? Uh, brandy. (laughs) Number four, why does Irish whiskey make me want to fight?
1: Uh, cause it's traditional. Number five. <laughs> what do you think about vodka Red Bull? Ooh, not a fan. Not a fan. Number six. Your
0: perfect cocktail. Mm, Old-fashioned. Number seven. What's it like to work with Summer? Oh, she's just a breeze. Oh, there oh, it is. I love that. There it is. I saw Summer before we uh, started recording, and I let her know I was going to talk about her behind her back. So, <laughs> it's, it's, it's totally fine. So, Thank you, Jeff. And we're going to open it up to some questions, because I understand that some folks have some questions. all has questions. I know you Who would like to get started?
3: I actually have a couple of questions. It'll be more on the technical side. Yes, sir. So, so Jeff, uh, I I heard you talk about, you know, you feed off of gins and vodka and rum, but I know that you're bringing whiskey up because we heard it's coming out. Yes. So, with your whiskey, are you doing your own mash? Are you doing your own mash? I heard you say that you're bringing in like. Sounds like it was already brought in a pre-distilled
0: mash. It yes. Double distilling. What are you doing for the whiskey. So, gentlemen, ask if we're bringing if, if they're going to bring in their own mash for the whiskey. Yes.
1: Uh, answer right now is no. Okay. Uh, we do purchase it um, from our supplier, so and uh, but we're doing some unique things w- with it. So I got two barrels right now that are going to be my straight bourbons. <laughs> so right. I used unaged whiskey that we purchased and put into new oak it's uh 75 percent corn and then the rest is uh, rye and barley i have four barrels that we took and blended a six-month-old accelerated bourbon and the unaged whiskey so we did uh 80 of the uh, white lightning versus the 20 percent of the aged put it into new oak that's coming out in march april ish it'll be a year it'll be a year in uh, march uh on my mom's birthday actually march 9th so uh, in celebration, Happy birthday, of Mon, Mom. Or we're going to dump that barrel. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then we'll continue with those four barrels. The other four barrels I have, uh, came from heaven Hill and four roses that were given to the brewery. And we, uh, they aged a, a stout in it. I can't remember which one, but for about a year and now they dumped it wet, gave it to me. I put, uh, unaged whiskey in there. And so we're just going to throw some spaghetti against the wall and see if it sticks. Love
3: it. Okay, great. And then follow up to that, then, Since you're doing that, are you going like, to double the still those or are you just going to run through once in the
1: pots? Uh, for the whiskey?
3: For the whiskey. Is it going to be a pot still? Are you just run through once? Or are you going to run through a couple times with strips and runs? Or which way are you going to go with that, given the fact that you're not messing about
0: it? Mm. So the question is, essentially, how are you actually going to go about making it?
1: Uh, well, it's already it's already distilled, so we're just so we're just maturing it. The yeah, mash has already been done. We purchased it on aged whiskey. So the
3: question is, what's
1: mash? So you know, the question is, uh, what is mash? So the first process that to make whiskey is you take your corn and your barley, and you're heating it up in water, about a hundred and uh, Fifty degrees, where starch is converted into sugar. What's that in Celsius? Uh, I'm just fucking right. Yeah, no, I'm not going to convert that <laughs> right now in my head. Uh, starch is converted into uh, um, sugar, and so there's techniques It's a little bit different from beer, but you're, you're bre- breaking down proteins and and creating sugar so that you can heat it up and then cool it down, add yeast, ferment the mash, and then redistill. distill uh, The mash is what how during fermentation how um, alcohol is produced.
0: Okay, nice, nice. Celsius. Celsius. What other questions you got? What else do we got out there? I'll
3: stay on the, the side, I don't want to take you too hard in this, but I know you're making a good gin, and new to the world of distillation, my understanding of stills for gin, there's a, kind of a unique <coughs> type of thing that puts those essential flavors on If you could put that in layman's terms for somebody that doesn't really
1: understand all that, yes. I would like that. So the question is I, he's yeah, asking I, I, what I a gin basket attention. is. A gin, gin basket, a, a gin basket. Um so we don't do that, but okay. through the process of uh distillation, uh traditional way of making gin. Is they would have some sort of basket that's in line with the uh, the vapor that's passing through the still, yeah. so the va- the hot vapor would essentially take on and strip the flavors before it's recondensed. Uh, what we do here is we macerate, meaning we basically just soak our botanicals in a pot that has a basket in it. And it's like a giant tea bag, and we just let it steep. Like this guy, this guy, a giant teabag. Dude, you um, said macerate <laughs> and teabag. I was going to let it go, and then it happened. <laughs> I thought we were
2: going to ignore it, and then you <laughs> <nope, laughs> We well, said teabag, <laughs> too.
1: Maceration. I know, it sounds dirty. Uh, it just sits there for 24 hours, and we strip the flavors and then redistill. distill Yeah. Uh, but there's many different ways that uh, to make gin. I saw one time uh, on TV, like, on how it's made to make gin. This when, when I was learning how to make gin. Uh, there's techniques out there where they do the, the uh, vapor infusion and then afterwards they add their more berries to it, you know. Or that, that in the pot they would add their botanicals and then vapor infuse and then afterwards add berries to it and then filter it out. So um, it, I guess as a distiller, you gotta find your own technique, your own ways. And because uh, the distillation process doesn't change, but just like brewing beer, like how to brew beer is always the same, but it's just you as the distiller, you as the brewer to create your technique. And that's what we figured out here. Go right. for it.
3: Can you tell us what your business model is? I mean, you guys are distilling here and I've been at bars throughout Phoenix where I've seen your uh, brand. So you're making what kind of quantities and who are you selling it to? I mean, what's the business model?
1: Um... I mean, that's more of a John question. I just He just whips, you know, brings out the whip and hits us. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's more or less like try to get... When, when we first got into distribution, I know for vodka, we're, we're never going to be able to compete. So it's either you make it a premium, high-priced vodka or drop it down and make it cheap as hell because um, you can't just compete with Smirnoff and Tito's. So he, he dropped the price low. Um, try to get into as many restaurants and bars as we can. But the motto is, is mostly just, we're here, like, we're, we're local. We want to be a part of your place because, again, the idea of also was bring the community in. We want to be full frontal face. Um, that's how it started was you go to a brewery and you, behind glass there's tanks, you know, and they're shiny and they look nice, but what the hell's going on over there? So when they started uh, Arcadia the idea was put the freaking brewery right in the middle of the restaurant and make it not behind closed windows so that you can come up you can smell the, the mash being brewed you can talk to the brewers you can come brew with us you know that kind of thing it was just make it community make it local and, and, and fun.
2: So I, you've said that vodka isn't number one but can you rank the other spirits as far as consumption or
1: sales? For overall just in class?
2: Or here, like what, for us? What, what, what what do you move out? Uh, know,
1: right us. now, yeah, vodka is, is huge, but our number one seller is the grapefruit. Uh, newest um, flavor that we came out with Meyer, and it's chasing its tail real quick, the Meyer Lemon. Uh, that's a, a very popular one. Our Dick Whiskey, peach-flavored whiskey, is high, and our jalapeno as well. And then
2: if you look at like uh, gin and rum, where do they rank? Is, uh, is it just vodka, super high, and then gin and rum, not so much?
1: Um, gin stands for itself. Uh, rum was highly popular in the uh, summertime. Right. Uh, you have those types of uh, drinks, but um, it's probably one of our slowest uh, sellers. But if you like a good Caribbean rum, this this is it. You know, it's not your traditional American rum. But if you have been in the Caribbean and um, enjoy clear rum, you would like this one. It makes an awesome run with Coke, in my opinion. Excellent. I mm-hmm. uh, yes, we
3: have a question. This goes back to your spirits and to your locally common community. I love the idea of the Rosemary Lemon Gym because I'm not a gym fan. Where do you source your rosemary
1: lemon? Is it local? Yes, we go through our wholesale wholesaler um that's mount hope that we use for the restaurant so i believe that they get it they um within the state somewhere you know i can't comment too much further than that but that's it's a local wholesaler that we buy from
0: so that was where's the rosemary sauce from
1: yes
2: nice do you find that um i i'm curious about so when you Roll out horseradish, rosemary. Do you get things from customers that read the menu and say, "What, what the fuck is this?" Oh yeah. Okay.
1: They they go either go rosemary, or they go horseradish. Um, yeah, horseradish is not fun to make. I tell you that much too. But um, they they kind of question it like this, and then I say bloody mary, and they go, "Oh, oh okay.
0: Yeah, okay." Nice, nice. Emily. Oh. The, the question from my absolutely beautiful wife is is it is there intentionality between pairing the flavored boozes and the food on the menu uh
1: yes we right now uh, we haven't we've done a few of our recipes with the food as far as like cooking with it um with our beers but we are opening a location in Gilbert and so therefore we're gonna like revamp our menu um first like food pairing like you would with wine uh for food not so much just yet but we're going to start using our flavors as a ingredient in into our recipes for our menu um i've i've had this question a couple times so i have been thinking about it um obviously there's with horseradish you know if we had like some sort of like prime rib you know we wanted to kind of like do that but also market to like other steakhouses that hey you know this is a, could be a thing um, rosemary obviously would go well if we had a lamb dish but so, so some of our flavors don't really mesh well with our, our menu but then again um, make her mean cocktail <laughs>
0: makes her mean cocktail for sure yes sir so I heard you
3: talk about you have your own whiskey and it's peach flavor right so that's dick whereas the plain whiskey Irish
1: for Blaine or regular for Jane? Ooh. Um, Well, we do want to come out with Jane. And I like the idea of plain Jane, but, you know, I think it needs to be a, um, because it's going to be Dick and Jane, there has to be a flavor there. Uh, We've been dabbling with a few ideas. It's a hard one. Uh, I I want it to be orange, uh, blood orange. So it's like uh, old-fashioned in a bottle, but we already have orange vodka and people might get confused I don't know to be so confusing it might be a uh, blackberry uh, whiskey so maybe somewhere on that line
0: <clears throat> I'm just gonna ask the question because I apparently am not tracking very well tonight you yeah, that's what <laughs> <laughs> what what flavor is the dick whiskey peach the dick whiskey is peach so the Jane whiskey would be orange orange
1: black blackberry I don't know
0: and why is the dick whiskey peach uh, why not? You're stupid not to. Right. <laughs> it's true. Any more dumb questions, George? <laughs> You're so good at them, though. <laughs> uh, I, I I do excel at dumb questions. So, you first. I
3: tried the lemon. Yes. And I've
0: done a vodka flight tonight. Oh, nice.
3: They're all very good. What other flavors are, do you have
0: in the works, if any? So the question was the lovely lady has tried the vodka flight, had the lemon, enjoyed everything. What else? What's uh, coming next?
1: I hope that there isn't any more coming next. <laughs> I hope that there isn't. Um, we, there's, we might uh, convert our hashtag vodka into the Arcadia line because it is made from sugar cane and maybe do um, the uh, well kind of vodka out of corn. But as far as uh, flavors go, there has been some talk of like tea Um, in my research and development so far I don't like it Uh, my partner does but that's because he's weird Um, but uh, I don't know unless John comes in and says like we have to do this then that's going to happen you know and I was asking I didn't know if you were planning on doing like lighter flavors in the summer and heavier flavors This is coffee's a heavy heavier flavor Um, we've actually thought about kind of cutting some downs into seasons but um right now we're just kind of cruising through it and um and making it work um so if if there is a flavor that go that sparks our interest we won't shy away from it but right now i think we've completed our series
0: if only there were a way to know what john would say about that (laughs) john
1: Oh, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was
3: so speedy about All right, John. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, you, sir. From the
3: start of the process of putting the bottle, how long does it take? Bottle uh, the
0: gin, or rum? You going to repeat that? Or uh, yeah. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> the question is, from uh, soup to nuts, how long does it take to actually put it in the bottle to drink it?
1: Um, it depends on what we're making. Uh, vodka, I can come in at 6 six o'clock in the morning and have 47 cases of 750 mils by the end of the day wow. uh Boom. same with like um but on average the things that like the gin most of the flavors that are the citrus flavors uh it's about four days in time from start to finish
2: what do you do with bad
1: batches if there are any i've only had one bad batch and you just read to still
0: gotcha all right do you want
1: to yeah.
2: give
0: me your address just in case <laughs> you to send it my way yeah okay.
1: right yeah, that's the, the best part of the the process. We made a bad gin once and it was just because of our cuts and how we distilled it. And I sat there for about two hours dumping bottles back into the still and fixed it, you know. You get a little bit of loss, but, you know.
0: It's kind of like bad pizza. It's just a fictional thing. Right. <laughs> sir. Yes, sir. Who does the
1: artwork for the oh. oh, yeah, so that's been a pretty cool collaboration uh, for the Arcadia line. We had a server here uh, that was went to college for uh, interior design. And so that was her main passion was doing So she, the artwork kind of came up with, you know, if you look at someone sketching out like a dress, you know, kind of a thing. Um, and then the idea, like Greg's very, or my other distiller, he's very artistic in himself. So he kind of worked with her. He wanted to, the idea with it was kind of to take like a Mexican lottery card, and then reincorporate it with like the artsy fartsy of the fruit itself. So she did most of the uh, Arcadia line. We have our one of our brewers at Paradise Valley location studied graphic design, and that's what he did first. So she kind of, excuse me, uh, draws it up, gives it to Scott, and he does his digital stuff fluff on it. And then, um, and then we have our, our artwork, uh, for the, um, our Sellerman series for our barely gin, vodka and rum. Uh, the idea came up that we wanted it to be a, like an encyclopedia. So I came up with that, that concept and then again, threw it to Scott and we told him what we want. So it's, it's usually a collaboration between us, what John wants first, and then, uh, what we can physically possibly do. Nice. Awesome. Yes. Do
3: your different locations have a different
0: feel, different vibe? Question is do the different locations of also have a different feel or vibe?
1: Absolutely. Um, they're all known. Everybody knows Arcadia is the original. Uh, in my opinion, it has the best patio. Uh, it's what started this whole thing. Uh, the great view, the atmosphere, the dogs and it's a pretty awesome spot. It's it's what, you know, made it possible for the rest. Uh, here, up here, we're a little bit more, uh, GQ in a sense, um, the different people that come here. Um, and, and we're just now no, be, becoming known that like, oh, there's a distillery back here, you know, kind of a thing. Um, and so that's over the past two years, it's been a growth kind of thing with PV, you know, you're just kids running around everywhere and a million dogs and bags and um, so they all have their their flow and 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 uniqueness. Yes, like Gilbert? Gilbert's going to freaking blow up. Um, we do the farmers market every weekend. Every single person that comes up to that booth is, "When are you opening?" That's the number one question. So uh, and they're all excited. So and we're excited to be there too. That's awesome.
2: So to help, um, want to help close us out and to get some fodder for our listeners that might not be in Arizona. A, it's do you ship, do you send out alcohol to other states? If someone wants to if someone's listening from Indiana right now and they're like, I've heard this, I want to get some of the jalapeno vodka, what do they do?
1: Come visit in the wintertime. Okay. That's good. That's
2: a good Um <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: no uh drive south.
1: Yeah, drop shipping to um other states right now would kind of like I think that violates some of our distribution uh gotcha. clauses. And uh, oh, great,
0: but, gray hair thing yeah, you are talking about, you
1: would. I think we have to go through a third party to do that. Um, there is some talks about that right now. I actually got off the phone earlier today with somebody, so we might be going out there, but they're still like, I gotta read the book and learn. But um, yeah. but shipping directly to customers is illegal, and so um, yeah, we can't do that.
2: So the answer is come to, come come, to Arizona, come to Arizona,
1: nice, in the winter, <laughs> in the winter, Perfect. yes.
3: So
1: does each location do their own distillery? How does that work? Uh, so all of our locations, uh, this is our distillery location, and then the other two right now are brewers, uh, breweries. So they carry our product. I sell it to them, because uh, they are different licenses, but they, they they I sell it to the bar not to be sold retail. Yes. So this is the best.
3: It's First time. Yes, sir. Pretty damn good. Thank you. put nice.
1: uh, in we have five botanicals. Uh, juniper, coriander seed, cinnamon, and uh, lemon peel and orange peel.
0: Thank you. Award <laughs> winning. Yeah, Hot, is, yeah. High praise for the gin. Other questions? Well, let's get a little more cowbell going. Where is it? Palmet. Palmet. Done, 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 done. A little faster. Louder. Faster and louder. Come on. Louder. Louder. Hand it <laughs> to the guy next to you. All right. Done, done. No, palm it.
1: There
0: you go. Oh, yeah, there you go. Palm it. McC- <laughs> he's not listening. Well, this, is, this is really hard. Yeah. This is awesome stuff right here. Um, what have we forgotten to ask you? Like, is there really important knowledge that that, that you wanted to share that, that you haven't been able to? Uh,
1: hmm. Uh, we're trying to come out with a hop liqueur. Um, there's a lot of been a lot of uh, experiments uh, with hops used in gins and stuff like that. Uh, this will be just a straight up hop infused, redistilled distilled uh, liqueur. So it'll be like. 25%, 24% ABV sugar, so it'll be sweet. Um, it's called Thesis, and the idea is that hops change from season to season, so we'll have different semesters of, um, of this product because of the change in hops. So we kind of try to balance out the, cons- try not to get a consistent product, rather to let it show for itself. And so we'll have different semesters of uh, each uh, season for the hops. Nice. Excellent. Centauri, whatever you've forgotten to talk about.
0: Answered all my questions. Thanks for being here, Jeff. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Well, I know that Centauri and I certainly endeavor to spend as much time as we possibly can in watering holes or bars. So this, to a degree, is like the fox watching the hen house. And it's been an absolute pleasure to be here at so Thank you, John. Thank you. Uh, and... We've uh, certainly talked about all the different locations that are here in Phoenix, and Gilbert, Arizona is the next one that's coming up. And I believe that if you are interested in actually coming to Oso here in North Scottsdale and getting a tour, getting a bottle of one of the different boozes, I think it's around $28 or $30. 28, 28 bucks. And you can do that by going online and signing up at Oso Distillery. So you can go to Oso, and I'll have the uh, actual URL in the notes of the show. But you'll be able to find it, Oso, and then the distillery, and then make a reservation. But if you love Oso, you can also make a reservation to actually brew the beer, too. So that's something that we've done, and it's an absolute blast. So definitely encourage everybody to do that. So, Jeff. Jeff. Thank you so much.
1: thank
0: you. This has been an absolute pleasure. So if you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show. Tell a friend. Feel free to share us on social media. And as always, keep questioning because the struggle is real. Some more cowbell to wrap it up, please. Make it loud. Come on. Yes, there it is. There it is. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Thank you, Chuck. Awesome.